Okay, hi everybody, welcome back. We're working on our intro segment and what we're gonna call ourselves. So right now on the docket is hashtag two yoke girls or Jen Murray, what's the other one? Oh, what did I daily say? 10. The daily, daily 10. 10. The daily 10. The daily 10. The daily 10. Yeah. So. Because we're trying to keep it 10 minutes. Yeah. That's right. So as our, um, as our first listeners, leave us comments on what, you th- on what you think our name should be. So as the name proposes, this is a little podcast with Lorraine and Jillian and guests of all sorts. And we want to just, it's really 10 minutes of us just kind of discussing things that it, that we're going through things in life, things that we see as we teach on the mat and in our, in our every day. Um, and today we're going to talk about burnout. Mm. Yeah. And it's such a huge thing in the yoga industry right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's been, you know, I, and I think I would, I would point it to COVID, but even before COVID, I mm-hmm. think, I think what's happened with COVID is that there's been a lot of pivoting, a lot of learning, um, a lot of different styles and, um, but what feels like kind of very little growth, mm. um, maybe that's not true. I don't know what, I feel what like that we've grown is. in different direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but maybe, maybe what the burnout feeling comes from is very, um, is less kind of collaboration and more just kind of like put your head down and, and do this thing because this is what the business needs, at least from my perspective. And I think yoga teachers, same, like, like, you know, like just get into the studio and, and teach the class, but at the same time. Or you know, to learn. log into a Zoom, like we're yeah. doing a podcast. Hello. So, this is burnout, like growth. Right. Burnout right now during COVID has felt so acute because the nervous system is upregulated. And if you go back to our previous episode about uncertainty, there's been such a huge amount of uncertainty to the point where we used to be able to count on school, the bus, the the rhythm, the routine, the workday. And so COVID comes along, there's no bus, there's no school, there's no workday. There's everything in this blob of things to do. And so the brain is scanning again, it's like that rainbow wheel on a Mac computer. Like we're just kind of in this state of like, holy unorganizedness of all the things, you know, kids are walking around at nine in the morning in their underwear, having had breakfast yet. And so as a mom of a family or as anybody head of a household, anybody who used to work now working at home, you know, it's, it's all nebulous. And so there's no organized, like, this is what I do. This is when I'm on, this is when I'm off. And so burnout happens because there's too much and not enough, too much to do, not enough structure, chaos. And like, it's the brain just folding in on itself and continually collapsing over and over again. You can't sleep because you're worried about some small statistic that you saw, the mandate that's pending, the things that are rising and falling and shifting and changing, emergencies everywhere. So there's the perfect scenario for being fried. You don't have enough connection right? You have too much responsibility. And so in the middle, all you have is a person who can't do anything, overwhelmed, burned out, lost, sad, alone, right? Sound familiar? Um, So what we want to do is just find that antidote 
and we have some that we've used that maybe you know, as you're listening, you can kind of think about the the things that have gotten you through those places of too much and not enough simultaneously and how you've gotten through. For some people, it's when they first have a baby or when they lose a job. It's those same things of too much, not enough, right? And you, it's such a weird place to be because when you're like, oh, I want more stimulation, but I have too much to do. So too much, not enough can really feel like what, what the heck is happening? Your brain doesn't know if it's coming or going. So just a little background on burnout and what we're really talking about and maybe even the why. Yeah, I love that. Because if you would have asked me, like, what do you consider burnout? I would have said like the repetitive thing over and over and over again, mm. like, like the phenomenon we're seeing where people hate to eat dinner now. Mm. <laughs> like, what is that? Is it because it's because they, I thought it was because they're, you know, eating the same thing over and over again, but it's too many decisions, not enough options. And even if there are too many options, it's then all the way crossed over into overwhelm. Like now you've got Grubhub, whatever in the heck is, can be dropped off at your door. So everybody wants 15 (laughs) different things, but there's not enough money in the bag to like tip the driver. So it's just like too much, not enough, but constant. So forget it. I'm not cooking. Exactly. Done. I'm out. I'm burned. I'm fried. And when I think about that, I think about it like, so I had two kids graduating high school, Mm. going to college, Mm. preparing for all this and, and, you know, thinking about, okay, how are we going to get through this? Like, what's next? Like, how can I sit here and tell them to like, enjoy this time (laughs) you have? It's the last year of your life when you're like, you know, that it's like, no one's ever going to experience quite like this before. But one thing that I did say, and my daughter even said, because like there were parents trying to band together, like to create this other experience. And I was like, no, this is what it is. Mm. Like, this is the spe- experience that they're going through. This is how it's going to go. And the, you can't skip over a hard time. So how mm. are we going to get through this? And how can we work through this hard time without feeling burnt out and without feeling like I'm not getting what I needed because that's not what past people have gotten or what people, um, you know, ahead of me will get. And so when you think about burnout, I think about, it's like being in the moment, mm. trying to not think about what you have to do next. Cause sometimes I have to teach 16 classes in a week mm. lately, just cause I'm trying to hustle and not thinking about how many classes I have to teach for the rest of the week, but just teaching one class at a time. And every time I do that, I feel much better when I look ahead or when we look back and isn't like that where stress lives when your mind's Mm. in one place and your body's in another, Mm. it's like one place, one time and kind of appreciating what's right there. And I know, don't get me wrong. It's not always like that. Mm. It's like, sometimes it sucks and it's okay for it to suck. But so this is where I'll bring in my tool as a manager of a staff that was dancing with burnout for the past 18 months, all of us burned out. And I knew we still had to keep going. So it reminded me of my favorite scene in the movie Inside Out. If you haven't seen it, run, go watch, see it. Um, Where there's the character Joy who's trying to be like, it's okay, let's go, which is usually my go-to. I kind of like, oh, we'll be fine. All's great. But what really works, that doesn't work. They just want to like dig in their heels and tell you more about the miserable experience. And so what works to keep us from going too far deep into the pit of despair, like Jen, you said, where you're projecting and looking forward and you can't do it, is being there with them. Like, I know as a manager, as a fellow teacher, 
I know this is not easy. I'm asking a lot. I'm right there with you. I have to push myself through to get to the other side of this as well. I'm going to be here for you. I get it. You're not alone. And we can do this. I'm here to help and support. If you need time, take it. If you feel ready to teach, take it. Generally, we feel better after we've connected with other humans. Your students are burned out. Talk about it. Don't hide it. You're okay to be a real human who goes through these things. There's never been a time in this existence that we've been part of where humans are collectively having an experience together. So if you try and pretend that you're not suffering in this whole titanic ship of suffering, it's going to be harder for you and for them to relate to you. So share it. I promise you we can get through this. And if it feels awkward, good. You're being brave. You're doing things you've never done before. Just like you would say to your graduating kids. I feel like this whole year has been one big transition of like some crazy graduation. We don't know where we're going next, right? Is it a job? Is it a university? Who knows? But I'm here and it's okay. And this is not the first time you've experienced this. If it is, good on you for making it this far and not feeling this way. <laughs> good on <So> you. <laughs> <laughs> and so what that's called really quick, just so that there's a tool and a label, that's called self-compassion. And I think that's its whole episode. I give huge kudos mm. to Dr. Kristen Neff, who's done amazing work. She's literally written the book called Self-Compassion and a, another book that just came out this summer. But that is the tool for me that feels like when I come back to it, for me, for my staff, for my kids, for my husband, for my friends, like, oh, I don't have to fix this. I see you. And I think I'm right there with you. Um, one last quick thing. Brene Brown tells a story about when her daughter's suffering and she just decides as the mom to sit by her bedroom door and just kind of like be there and wait. And so it's that kind of parenting that probably feels different. Like, oh, I'm not supposed to let my kids cry or suffer. Like, I'm the fixer. I'm the mom. I'm the whatever. Um, there's real power in just being like, oh, just like you said, Jen, I get it. We're in it. Here we are. I can't solve COVID. I mean, you can always just go to Disney. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it feels like the beach. Let's just go to the beach. Right. I mean, Disney might be its own burnout. Talk about a place where there is too much and not enough sometimes. Um, But also, I think something that I use, um, two things. One is trying to lean into the things that make you feel good, which is, for me, continual learning. So even if you just do some smallest conversation with a friend where you're Mm -hmm. continually learning. Um, And then the other thing is, as much as I begrudge it and don't do it very easily. It's that reaching out, right? Like, so Mm. reaching out to talk to somebody um, and not in like a, Hey, I need to talk to you, but just in a, like, what are you doing? You know, how's life? (laughs) Um, You, I, I, it's funny because it's so hard for people to reach out and, um, but like 100% of the time you feel transformed after you have a conversation with somebody who's friendly. And that's why being at the yoga studio, right. Cause you get to have those conversations with people and, and they have them there and you don't even know you need them. Like you just went there. To and it doesn't yoga. even have to be exactly. And it doesn't even have to be what you're struggling with. It's just to kind of get yourself out of that, that, mm. that wheel of whatever you're struggling with and talk about something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what comes from those conversations, Jill? And I think the way you said, like, you're not saying, um, 
you know, oh, it's about me, you start to take a perspective of curiosity, right? So like, hey, it doesn't matter what they say, you're just curious, which brings them out a little more. And then what that does for the listener is that it creates a sense of perspective. Like it's not all you, it's not all gloom and doom. I think we recommended this for our gratitude adjustment when they were really struggling, like just take a task that you can do for another and no intention behind it. Can you reach out, call, send a text, deliver a packet, whatever it is, something for someone else, all of a sudden it's like, oh, right. This is amazing. It's perspective. Mm -hmm. We're not alone. And giving, I mean, we know it, it's almost cliche. It brings it back to you tenfold. So it's that curiosity perspective, being with what is and having some compassion around it so that it's normalized and that much easier to actually move forward without the judgment, the guilt, the shame around struggle, right? So really what we're talking about, I think burnout and struggle are pretty synonymous and they're okay. And they're to, normal. You're human. And to encourage people to feel it and to not try to like move past it. It's like just yeah. kind of sit with it and then it'll shift. Like, like you said, things shift if you just kind of look with what's there. Ooh, it reminds me talk of, about equanimity next time. Oh yeah. Really mm. quick. It also reminds me of a knot when you try and pull harder it gets tighter. If you loosen the two sides and sort of come at it from a little more relaxed perspective, I think emotions can really feel like that. If you're pulling against them too tight, they wind up and get bound up. And then you're, there's shame. You're afraid to talk about its whole weirdo cycle, not weirdo as judgment, but internally it feels like weird and you're even more awkward and afraid to move beyond it. So you loosen your grip, you let it be normal, and then it's easier for it to untangle. And you just see it for what it is, which Jill is exactly what you were saying. That's equanimity. You see it for what is without the judgment of what it means on some grander scale. It's nothing. It's anger, it's fear, sadness, loss. Taking the charge out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Taking the charge out of it. Yeah. It's good. Okay, good. Um, Lorraine, you want to intro us out, exit us out? With yes. some music. Yeah. Thanks you guys for know. Me. I'm glad no, you're here, Jen. Do you guys know who this music is by, by the way? By Can you hear feet? it? Can you hear it? Oh, there. Let me turn it up. Hold on. There we go. There it is. It's a Mikey trap. Bell. We asked him if we can use this. I did. Oh. We have his permission to use anything on his Spotify album. It's all original to him. He knows we're using it. This one is called Be a Bee. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. Uh, Hold on. I'm going. I'm going. Yep.